0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Reading and Evaluating the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, before we start reading the Florilegium, or the Midrash, on the last days, I have a question for you. Do you like your combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell? I mean, it sounds pretty delicious, right? If the tiny little personal pan pizza that you bought for $6 was not enough food, you can throw in a couple tacos, hopefully for 79 cents a pop, if you're in the right part of the Midwest, and boom, you have a fantastic feast that few in the history of mankind have ever enjoyed. Now, question for you. Do you like root beer floats? Do you like taking your root beer and mixing it with vanilla ice cream? Oh yes, it is delicious, because even after you've eaten the vanilla ice cream, you still have this wonderful vanilla root beer slurry that you can drink, and it's so cold and refreshing on a hot day. And since it's November, I know we're not going to see many hot days for the next seven months or so, but it is a great combination, isn't it? Oh yes, oh definitely. Now third question for you since we like our combination Taco Bell and Pizza Hut, since we like our root beer floats, and for those of us who enjoy alcohol, we like a good mixed cocktail from time to time. But um, do you like turd burgers? Would you let a goat poop on top of your beef patty? Throw some pickles and some cheese on there, put the bun on top and take a nice big bite. I really doubt it. I mean, of all these combinations, that one is the least appealing, right? Turd burgers. Nobody wants them. Nobody's going to eat them. That is what we are going to be looking at today. Today, when we read the Florilegium, or the Midrash on the last days, we are going to witness the creation of a turd burger. Let's go ahead and jump right in. They start here in Qumran, reading from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 10. I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell there and be troubled no more by their enemies. No son of iniquity shall afflict them again as formerly from the day that I set judges over my people Israel. All right, that's your burger. That's your patty. That's your delicious holy scripture that you want in you, that you want to feast on with your eyes and your very soul, the word of God. Let's hear what Qumran writes. This is the house which he will build for them in the last days, as it is written in the book of Moses, In the sanctuary which thy hands have established, O Lord, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. Exodus chapter 15, verses 17 and 18. This is the house into which the unclean shall never enter, nor the uncircumcised, nor the Ammonite, nor the Moabite, nor the half-breed, nor the foreigner, nor the stranger ever. For there shall my holy ones be. Its glory shall endure forever it shall appear above it perpetually and strangers shall lay it waste no more as they formerly laid waste to the sanctuary of Israel because of its sin he has commanded that a sanctuary of men be built for himself that there they may send up like the smoke of incense the works of the law well my goodness look at that pile of goat turds now sitting on my beef patty <laughs> If you look at the actual translation of 2 Samuel chapter 7, it's not no son of iniquity shall afflict them again. It's no violent man. This is about securing Israel's borders to prevent them from being troubled by their enemies again. They will have a structure as opposed to when God says, from the day that I set judges over my people, Israel. This is about the establishment of the Davidic kingdom. King David secured the borders of Israel. Saul laid that foundation, declaring war on all of their enemies and fighting them back. David finished the job and actually accomplished what Saul failed to do. But we continue on with our little commentary here. And concerning his words to David, and I will give you rest from all your enemies, 2 Samuel 7 verse 11, this means that he will give them rest from all the children of Belial who caused them to stumble so that they may be destroyed by their errors, just as they came with a devilish plan to cause the sons of light to stumble and to devise against them a wicked plot, that they might become subject to Belial in their wicked straying. That is not reflected in the text. They've just hurled some goat turds onto that. Little goat pellets here. Little bit by little bit. Tiny little thing by tiny little thing. There is no sons of Belial mentioned here in 2 Samuel chapter 7. It is not talking about the sons of light. It is talking about national Israel. It is not talking about the devilish plan to cause the sons of light to stumble no, this is talking about violent men who attack the nation of Israel. And David is the proto-Messiah figure in 2 Samuel, 1 Chronicles, and the beginning of Second Chronicles, where every single king is compared with David. This is not in the text. They have added goat turds to it. Now we continue on here. Oh, maybe we need to build another burger. The Lord declares to you that He will build you a house. 2 Samuel 7, verse 11. See, I will raise up your seed after you. 2 Samuel 7, verse 12. I will establish the throne of His kingdom forever. uh, Verse 13. I will be His father, and He shall be my son. So, in context, this whole passage that we've been reading from in 2 Samuel chapter 7 is God's covenant with David. This is what God is going to do for David. This is how the Messiah is going to come from David's line. Let's see what they say. He is the branch of David who shall arise with the interpreter of the law to rule in Zion at the end of time. As it is written, I will raise up the tent of David that is fallen. Amos 9 verse 11. That is to say, the fallen tent of David is he who shall rise to save Israel. Ah, so now... We see some Qumran hospitality. You've built your burger. You have started to reconstruct it because they threw goat poop all over the first one that you started making. And so you start seeing the precious promises of the gospel in God's covenant with King David. You start seeing how wonderful it is that God cared for his people so that they would be preserved to give us the true Christ. And by all means, at first, Qumran looks at you and says, Ah, yes, that's a great idea. Let's add another patty here. Let's add another burger patty. Amos 9, verse 11, I will raise up the tent of David that is fallen here, the branch of David. They are referring to the branch. Oh, my goodness. They're bringing up real biblical prophecy and talking about Messiah ben Judah. They are talking about real prophecy, oh my goodness, and we almost feel a little bit of relief, but what do we see here? He is the branch of David who shall arise with the interpreter of the law to rule in Zion at the end of time. Oh no. Oh no. They decided you needed a third patty on your burger, and it's not a beef patty. It's a cow patty. They are starting to take up their spatula full of cow manure, baked ready to go. And they're about to put it right on that second beef patty here. You see, you have the pure word of God, which says there will be a Messiah who comes to save the world, to redeem humanity from their sins, to deliver us from sin, death, and the devil. Qumran says that sounds great, But how about we have another messiah, too, to come along right up next to him? Dual messiah theory, we need a law messiah. It's not enough that a king comes back. Oh, no, by all means, that might be nice and stuff, and he'll kill all the Gentiles for us. Uh, Great. But what we really need is somebody out there to be a super-duper interpreter of the law. Second messiah. Oh, yeah take a nice big bite of that turd burger here. You didn't like the nice little pellets of goat poop? I understand. You want more out of life. So we have a nice big fat cow patty that not only negates the entirety of the gospel as expressed in the Old Testament, but adds worse to it. Oh, but they're not done yet. Why do the nations rage and the peoples meditate vanity? Why do the kings of the earth rise up and the princes take counsel together against the Lord and against his Messiah? Psalm chapter 2, verse 1, you have politely declined the second turd burger from Qumran. And you've said, actually, no thanks. I'm just going to be reading here from Psalm 2. Let's make a third burger here and look at what the Bible actually says about the Messiah. Oh my, he's going to be hated, but it's vanity. It's vanity to hate Christ. He is the Lord of all. Oh my goodness, this is such a precious truth. But then Qumran, they're following you now. They're the creepy stalker gang, and they're ready. Interpreted, this saying concerns the kings of the nations who shall rage against the elect of Israel in the last days. This shall be the time of the trial to come concerning the house of Judah, so as to perfect dot, dot dot Belial, and a remnant of the people shall be left according to the lot assigned to them, and they shall practice the whole law dot, dot, dot Moses. This is the time of which it is written in the book of Daniel the prophet, but the wicked shall do wickedly and shall not understand, but the righteous shall purify themselves and make themselves white Daniel twelve verse ten. The people who know God shall be strong. They are the masters who understand. Oh my goodness, you just read a verse in your wonderful final, oh my goodness, you get that last patty ready for a nice sweet juicy burger to learn about the Christ. And now Qumran is a little offended that you refused the goat turds. You refused the cow patty. And now they say, okay, Time to dump a bucket of guano all over this last one. We're going to say this verse isn't even about the Messiah. I know it says it's about the Messiah. Why do the nations rage and the peoples meditate vanity? Why do the kings of the earth rise up and the princes take counsel together against the Lord and against his Messiah? They say no, that's uh, raging against the elect of Israel in the last days. This is about how we're going to totally obey the law. This isn't about what it says it's about. It's not about Jesus. Let's dump some bat guano all over this. Mmm mmm mm, You're gonna need a spoon for this sloppy joe here. And so ends the Florilegium. Well, okay. It looks like your first course is ruined. For some reason, you don't want to accept the gourmet cuisine of the Qumran community that they have so painstakingly put together for you. Well, maybe you'll want some dessert here. Let's take a look at their testimonia or their messianic anthology. Are you ready for your banana split? Oh my goodness, you get ready. You are so ready for something that's maybe just a little sweet. You're so peckish, after all. And so you get your bananas, you get your ice cream. Maybe you got a few maraschino cherries to put on top of it. You are so famished now for the word of God. You have heard the words which this people have spoken to you. All they have said is right. Oh, that their heart were always like this, to fear me and to keep my commandments always, that it might be well with them and their children forever. That's Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren. I will put my words into his mouth, and he shall tell them all that I command him. And I will require a reckoning of whoever will not listen to the words which the prophet shall speak in my name. Deuteronomy 18, verses 18 and 19. Oh, that we would be obedient to God, right? Oh, that we would listen to the final revelation that chapter 1 of Hebrews says our Lord Jesus is the capital P, prophet, that replaces everything Moses said. He took up this discourse and said, Oracle of Balaam, son of Beor, Oracle of the man whose eye is penetrating, Oracle of him who has heard the words of God, who knows the wisdom of the Most High, and sees the vision of the Almighty, who falls, and his eyes are opened. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. He shall crush the temples of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. Numbers chapter 24, verses 15 through 17. Oh my goodness, we are constructing a fantastic dessert here. We are learning about the promises in the Old Testament about the Messiah who came to save us. Oh, man, you ready for the cherries here? From Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 8 through 11. Give thy, Tomim, to Levi, and thy Urim, to thy pious one, whom thou didst test at Massa, and with whom thou didst quarrel at the waters of Meribah, who said to his father and mother, I know you not, and who did not acknowledge his brother or know his sons. For they observed thy word and kept thy covenant. They shall cause thy precepts to shine before Jacob and thy law before Israel. They shall send up incense toward thy nostrils and place a burnt offering upon thine altar. Bless his power, O Lord, and delight in the work of his hands. Smite the loins of his adversaries and let his enemies rise no more. Moses writes here in Deuteronomy 33 about the failures of humanity, the failures of Israel, compared with the power in the true high priestly office of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have your banana split, ready to go. But then the teacher of righteousness from Qumran, he walks up and he says this. When Joshua had finished offering praise and thanksgiving, he said, Cursed be the man who rebuilds this city. May he lay its foundation on his firstborn and set its gate upon his youngest son, Joshua 6, verse 26. He throws a bit of garlic on your, uh, on your banana split here, which maybe goes fine for another meal. But you're looking for the Messiah here. You have constructed your banana split of systematic theology looking for the Savior. And here he is. Oh, this is a curse from Joshua against Jericho. Oh, No. Now we have some garlic here, not the right meal, not the right ingredient. And then he says, Behold, an accursed man, a man of Belial, has risen to become a fowler's net to his people and a cause of destruction to all his neighbors. And his brother rose and ruled in lies, both being instruments of violence. They have rebuilt this city and have set up for it a wall and towers to make of it a stronghold of ungodliness in Israel and a horror in Ephraim and in Judah, dot, dot, dot. They have committed an abomination in the land and a great blasphemy among the children of Jacob. They have shed blood like water upon the ramparts of the daughter of Zion and within the precincts of Jerusalem. Oh, you don't want to slurp up the bat guano, do you? Well, time to throw some garlic on that, some actual Bible, an ingredient that doesn't really belong with the message we're looking at here. And now we're going to throw some salt on it. We're going to throw some salt on your banana split. We are going to say that we're really going to talk about wickedness here. We are going to talk about evil and how much we hate those people who are living in Israel, Judea, Roman Judea today. And then he unzips his pants and just pees all over the message that you were about to enjoy. And I'm sure this quote-unquote teacher of righteousness just looks at you with that glossy eye that he has. Maybe one of his eyes has a cataract because he's not doing so well. The health conditions of the Qumran community weren't the best. I'm sure he just looks at you and goes, you know, one day, all these scrolls of mine are going to transform how everybody reads the Bible. Everybody one day is going to look at this and go, we had the inside track with God. And there's going to be plenty of teachers out there, like Barbara Thiering, who are going to tell you that we know the real truth. So if you know what's good for you, you're going to go back to these Tardberger messiahs that I've made for you, and you're going to start taking some bites. Because after all, if you don't, you're not going to understand these ordinances and commentaries on biblical law that I've written for you. Now, I doubt that his commentaries are very good, especially the ordinances on biblical law but let's hear him out, let's have an open mind. After all, he's ruined our dinner. We're famished here for the real word of God. But maybe he has some sort of secret meal for us to eat that he really wanted to just test us, right? Maybe Qumran has the real inside track with God. Maybe the Dead Sea Scrolls are what real faith is. Let's take a look here. Ordinances or commentaries on biblical law. From 4Q159. And any one who has made of it a threshing floor or a winepress, any destitute Israelite who goes into a threshing floor, may eat there and gather for himself and for his household. But should he walk among corn, standing in the field, he may eat, but not bring it to his house to store it. Concerning, dot, 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 the money evaluation that a man gives as ransom for his life, it shall be half a shekel, he shall give it only once in his life. 20 gerahs make one shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary, Exodus 30, verses 12 and 13, for the six hundred thousand one hundred talents, for the 3,000, half a talent, or 30 minas, for the five hundred five minas, and for the 50, half a mina, which is 25 shekels. Next, fragments. Before Israel they shall not serve Gentiles among foreigners, for he has brought them out of the land of Egypt, and he has commanded concerning them that none shall be sold as a slave. Ten men and two priests, they shall be judged before these twelve. Dot, 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 spoke in Israel against a person. They shall inquire in accordance with them. Whosoever shall rebel, dot, 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 shall be put to death, for he has acted willfully. Let no man's garment be worn by a woman all the days of her life. Let him not be covered with a woman's mantle, nor wear a woman's tunic, for this is an abomination. If a man accuses a virgin of Israel that she is not a virgin... If this is when he marries her, let him say so, and they shall examine her concerning her trustworthiness. If he has not lied concerning her, she shall be put to death. But if he has humiliated her falsely, he shall be fined two minas and shall not divorce her all his life. Next fragment. Twenty geras make a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary, dot, dot, dot. The half shekel consists of twelve meas, two zuzim, dot, 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 also sources of uncleanness. The ephah and the bath, also sources of uncleanness, have the same capacity viz. ten isarons, or tenths. A bath of wine corresponds to an ephah of corn. The seah consists of three and one-third isarons, sources of uncleanness, and the tithe of the ephah is the isaron. Next fragment. He shall not eat... for all the unclean... to count for him seven days of washing, and he shall wash and cleanse on the day of his purification... Whoever has not begun his purification from his fount shall not eat, neither shall he eat in his first degree of uncleanness. All those temporarily unclean shall wash on the day of their purification and cleanse their garments with water and shall become clean. Afterwards they may eat their bread according to the law of purity. Whoever has not begun his purification from his fount shall not eat again in his first degree of uncleanness. Whoever is still in his first degree of uncleanness shall not eat. All those temporarily unclean shall on the day of their purification wash and cleanse their garments with water and they shall be clean. Afterwards, they may eat their bread according to the law. None shall eat or drink with whomsoever prepares dot dot dot. Ah, so now we're getting it. If you don't eat the turd burger messiahs that the Qumran community has for you, how can you see the great point? that it's all about the law, that it's all about following every tiny little dictate of the law according to their interpretation. Oh man, if you don't eat that burger covered in cow patty and goat pellets and guano, how on earth are you going to enjoy the steady diet of gravel that everybody had been eating since 1400 B.C.? The dry, extremely detailed, painful, excruciating life under the bondage of the law. How could you possibly enjoy that if you don't eat our turd burger messiahs? Because that's the whole point of the messiah, allowing us to live under the drudgery and pain of the law that doesn't apply to you. That's right, everybody. The gospel according to Qumran the messiahs, both of them, will show up so you can live your entire life as a bored slave with his head full of ordinances, provided, of course, that you're of the same racial harmony that they would demand, because otherwise you're probably just going to get slaughtered. That's what Messiah Ben Judah is going to do, at least. That's what they want him to do. Oh boy, this sure is a great collection of revolutionary works that should change the face of Christianity forever, right? We should totally have this in museums. We should write books about this. We should definitely put this in so much fame and have naive Christians who don't know their right hand from their left read it so they understand what real faith is all about, right? Give me a break. Finally, though, maybe he has a secret knowledge here. Because after all, They would give some credence to the Gnostics. What about this document here? The Heavenly Prince Melchizedek. Oh boy, a three course meal. Burgers, salt, and this. Let's just go ahead and read the whole thing. See what they have in store for us. And concerning that which he said, In this year of jubilee each of you shall return to his property, Leviticus twenty-five, thirteen. And likewise, and this is the manner of release, every creditor shall release that which he has lent to his neighbor. He shall not exact of it his neighbor and his brother, for God's release has been proclaimed, Deuteronomy 15, verse 2. And it will be proclaimed at the end of days concerning the captives, as he said, to proclaim liberty to the captives, Isaiah 61, verse 1. Its interpretation is that he will assign them to the sons of heaven and to the inheritance of Melchizedek, for he will cast their lot amid the portions of Melchizedek, who will return them there and will proclaim to them liberty, forgiving them the wrongdoings of all their iniquities. And this thing will occur in the first week of the jubilee that follows the nine jubilees. In the day of atonement is the end of the tenth jubilee, when all the sons of light and the men of the lot of Melchizedek will be atoned for. And a statue concerns them to provide them with their rewards. For this is the moment of the year of grace for Melchizedek. And he will by his strength judge the holy ones of God, executing judgment as it is written concerning him in the songs of David, who said, Elohim has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods he holds. Judgment, Psalm 82, verse 1. And it was concerning him that he said, Let the assembly of the peoples return to the height above them. El will judge the peoples, Psalm 7, verses 7 and 8. And, as for that which he said, How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Selah, Psalm 82, verse 2. Its interpretation concerns Belial and the spirits of his lot, who rebelled by turning away from the precepts of God, too, dot, dot. dot. And Melchizedek will avenge the vengeance of the judgments of God. And he will drag them from the hand of Belial and from the hand of the spirits of his lot. And all the gods of justice will come to his aid to attend to the destruction of Belial. And the height is dot, 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 all the sons of God, dot, 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 this, dot, dot, dot. This is the day of peace slash salvation, concerning which God spoke through Isaiah the prophet, who said, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who proclaims peace, who brings good news, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, Your Elohim reigns. Isaiah 52, verse 7. Its interpretation, the mountains are the prophets, dot, dot, dot. And the messenger is the anointed one of the spirit concerning whom Daniel said, until an anointed one, a prince, Daniel 9, 25, dot, dot, dot. And he who brings good news, who proclaims salvation, it is concerning him that it is written, dot, 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 to comfort all who mourn, who grant to those who mourn in Zion, to comfort those who mourn. Its interpretation, to make them understand all the ages of time, dot, 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 in truth, dot, 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 will turn away from Belial, dot, 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 by the judgments of God, as it is written concerning him who says to Zion, your Elohim reigns. Zion is, dot, 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 those who uphold the covenant, who turn from walking in the way of the people, and your Elohim is Melchizedek, who will save them from the hand of Belial. As for that which he said, then you shall send abroad the trumpet in all the land. Leviticus 25, verse 9, dot, dot, dot. Ah. You see, maybe you'll eat the gravel, but you'll understand that the gravel is just the first course here. You eat the turd burgers. You're allowed to live with mouthfuls of gravel every single day, but it is only so that we may treat you with this heavenly delight that is the poison of our secret doctrines, of our doctrines that say Melchizedek is actually God, He is a god. He is going to come in with all the other gods, and he is going to smash and punish Belial to steal his followers, because that's definitely what the Bible teaches. It doesn't teach that, oh, there will be a man who is appointed to the priesthood of Melchizedek who will save us from our sins. Oh no, heaven forbid we teach what the Bible says. We need to teach instead the most warped and twisted interpretations of Scripture to say that we are going to hang out and serve with a bunch of other gods. We're going to take the minor figure of Melchizedek and worship him as God. And we are going to do all of this so all of our enemies die. And then you can go back to happily eating gravel. Eat the gravel of the law so that you can happily violate the law by worshiping other gods. That's, that's Qumran's three-course meal here. Turd burgers, gravel, and then just cyanide, straight cyanide, just murder your soul. But don't worry, they have a couple more pages here in their interpretive text. Consolations, or Tanhumim. And he shall accomplish thy miracles and thy righteousness among thy people, and they shall dot, 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 thy sanctuary, and shall dispute with the kingdoms over the blood of dot, 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 Jerusalem, and shall see the bodies of thy priests, and none to bury them. From the book of Isaiah, Consolations, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak to the heart of Jerusalem, and cry to her that her bondage is completed, that her punishment is accepted, that she has received from the hand of something double for all her sins." Uh, the asterisks here. When I said something, that's the tetragrammaton indicated in the manuscript. They would indicate it by dots sometimes. Oh yes, comfort, comfort, don't worry. You'll be able to eat gravel in peace. And finally, katanai, or interpretation of biblical texts on the last days. It's a tiny fragmentary document. Its interpretation of the saying concerns the purifying of the heart of the men, dot, 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 to try them and refine them by the spirit and the pure and the purified, dot, 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 as for that which he said, lest the enemy say I have prevailed over them, Psalm 13, verse 5. They are the congregation of the seekers of smooth things who dot 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 until they seek to destroy dot 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 by their jealousy and hostility dot dot dot. The interpretation of this word concerns dot dot dot, which is written in the book of Ezekiel the prophet. The interpretation of the saying concerns the end of days when there will be gathered against them dot dot dot. Ah, yes, it's kind of a perk, you know. Maybe God will comfort you so that you can better serve the law and other gods. And then also you get to hate all of these people and call them names. Boy, howdy, that's great, isn't it? No, it's not. This is terrible. But that finally ends all the interpretive works of Qumran. We get to get into their apocryphal literature next week. Oh boy, can't wait to see what foreign delicacies they serve up to us next week, right? All right, hopefully I'll be in a better mood. Amen and amen.